Hi, I'm Chris McBrien. And I'm Derek Myers. Here at Pop Goes Your World, we've received a lot of great feedback on how much people enjoy the trivia segments that we do at the end of every episode. So we've decided to go back and put together compilations of the Fun with Yancey and Fun with Caveman segments we've done over the years as a set of bonus episodes. We hope you enjoy the fun. Episode 77, Snowpiercer Movie Review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so what I decided to do was, since this movie was so colossally bad, and, no, well, at least I don't really give a shit about trivia for this movie, um, I'm going to go a different way this week, okay? <laughs> I hope you don't mind. What I decided if, if, to do... If we do... If we do Pokemon or drug again... No, no, we're not doing I don't know, Pokemon. that's... Okay. Pokemon or drug is always fun to do. But this one... So, as you know, I love the $100,000 Pyramid Game show. And I'm talking about the one from the 80s with Dick Clark. Not that stupid remake with that football player or whoever the hell that guy is. So, in the spirit of the 80s game show classic, I thought we might play a game this week of the winner's circle of the $100,000 Pyramid. And I got thinking... As I mentioned at the top of the show, Snowpiercer has one word in the title. So I thought what I'm going to do, and I'm going to challenge you to see if you can name other movies that also only have one word in the title. Okay? And what better way to do this than in the style of the winner's circle from the $100,000 pyramid? So this is how it works, Yancey. I'm going to give you clues, and all you have to do is name the movie that has a one-word title. Super easy, right? I give it you the clues. It sounds easy in yeah, theory. It's nice and easy. In theory, it's simple. I give you clues. You name the movie, and just keep in the back of your mind the movie has one word in the title. Okay? Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Go. Ship. Dawson. Titanic. Yes. Shider. Amity, Shark, Spielberg. Oh, Jaws. Yes. Ridley Scott, Space, Creature, Alien, Musical, Rydell High, Pink Ladies, Grease. Burt Reynolds, John Voight, Ned Beatty, redneck <laughs> Ned Beatty, <laughs> Ned Beatty <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> River Trip, banjos, uh, banjos, River Trip. Oh, um, John uh, Voight, John yes, Voight. Yes, um, why can't I think of the name of this movie? Pass. The movie. Crap. Boring. Snowpiercer. Yes, you got it. Yay. You want to go back to what Deliverance. you Deliverance. Yes, Deliverance. Awesome. Oh, man, you got them all. We made it to the top of the pyramid, and you got the money. You made me watch them. I'm the one that should get the $100,000 for having to watch this crappy movie. Episode 78, Bands That Should Have Been Bigger. Fun with Yancey. 
Okay, Yancey, so what I'm going to do is I've got some trivia questions for you. Sort of based on our, you know, our topic tonight was bands that should have been bigger than they were. So you, the reason I, I, I felt that it was important that I asked the questions tonight, because you're much more of a music guy than I am. So wouldn't you agree? Like music's more your thing, right? Well, I mean, that's that's debatable just because, I mean, you also play instruments and have been listening to music for as long as you've been alive. But I, I think if you had to wait, like which one we prefer more yet, yeah, music's definitely like my thing. Okay, so I got some questions for you on the topic. So are you ready to go? Let's do it. Okay, so okay, so although this band amassed a huge cult following, you know, throughout you know a lot of their extensive touring that they did, um, they, they were an iconic band, but they never really broke through to the mainstream. Their only top ten hit being 1987's "Touch of Grey." Yancey, can you name this iconic touring band that never really broke through to the mainstream? Touch of gray. Yep. Can you can you sing a line of it for me? Um, must be getting early. Clocks are running late. Oh, yeah, it's the Grateful Dead. It's the Grateful Dead. There you go. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> so uh, American Idol. And, and by the way, I, I, I want to just touch base on something because you mentioned radio um, Radioheads too. Uh, Creep. That song Creep that they did. I've I've heard many people on American Idol sing that song. So it's, you know it's it's it is what it is. Anyway, but yep. American Idol. You know this iconic talent you know tv show that you know went on and it produced all these mega stars like you know kelly clarkson and carrie underwood and all the rest of them but the thing was yancey the show also produced its fair share of duds like lee DeWise, anyone but of all the duds that that show has produced as winners one of them stands head and shoulders below the rest i guess i would say with only forty thousand copies sold this female american idol winner from season 12 is the lowest grossing idol winner in the history of the show. Can you name her? Season 12? Who was still watching it at season 12? <laughs> oh, uh, nobody, apparently. Um, I have no idea, Chris. It's Candace Glover. She beat out such luminaries as Burnell Taylor and Curtis Finch Jr. So <laughs> not exactly a, a high <laughs> watermark for the show, season 12, apparently. Okay, so I've got a British indie rock band for you. And and it's kind of in your in your uh, in your era, okay? They were formed in 2002, okay? And their original lineup, they had um, Alex uh, Capranos, uh, Nick McCarthy, Bob Hardy, Paul Thompson. And in 2003, the band's first two singles came out, Darts of Pleasure and Take Me Out. Although they had a devoted following, they never broke through to the mainstream. Can you name this band, Yancey? Um, as soon as you say this, it's going to like make me really mad, but no, I cannot. It's... Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. Okay. The Beatles, Yancey, the biggest band of all time, without question. There's no question. They're the biggest, right? But uh, after he left the Beatles, Paul McCartney also found success with his own band, Wings, right? Now, you know, nowhere near the Beatles' 17 number one hits. Wings did achieve six number one hits of their own. Yancey, can you name any one of Wings' number one singles? Um, <laughs> uh, I cannot, Chris. Okay. There was Silly Love Songs was number one for five weeks in 76. Coming Up okay. was number one for three weeks in 80. My Love uh, was on the top of the charts for four weeks in 73. Band on the Run, Listen to What the Man Said, and With a Little Love, all made number one. They they weren't they didn't they weren't as big I guess as they should have been right. Uh, speaking of the Beatles, Yancey John Lennon's son Julian Lennon 
he released several singles of his own back in the mid-80s and obviously never achieved the success of his late father. But two of the singles hit the top 10 hot um, billboard charts. Okay, Yancey, can you name either one of Julian Lennon's top 10 singles? I cannot. <laughs> uh, oh, number five was Too Late for Goodbyes and Volote hit number nine, both in 1985. Okay. Julian remember, Lennon deserved better. He, he did. And, and actually, and those two songs were really, really good, actually. And they really sounded a lot like John Lennon. It was like, man, this kid sounds like his dad. Like he, his, his music style, you know, the melody and stuff really, really sounded like Lennon. Okay. Uh, the last one I got for you. This rock band never quite attained success in the United States. But after 20 years together, their single, Sex Farm, hit the charts in Japan, causing them to reform and hit the road on a tour of Japan. Can you name this fictitious rock band? <laughs> I know this because, of course, we, we did a, an entire show and it's, it's Spinal Tap. Yay! <laughs> and you know, you would not yes. have, I just would like to point out, you would not have been able to answer that question before you started co-hosting this podcast. So congratulations. That's just awesome. It feels great. Honestly, just knowing that one piece of trivia makes this whole thing worth it. 70 something episodes in. <laughs> exactly. it, I finally I finally feel vindicated in my exactly. decision to do the podcast. Exactly. Two years of work just for that. It's all worth it, right? Episode 80, the greatest books of all time. Fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, so since we're talking about uh, great books and stuff, what I thought I would do is, because, you know, we like all kinds of different pop culture movies, books, the whole thing. And, well, you know, we, movies are, like, probably our favorite thing ever. So i tell you what I'm going to do. Very, very simple game I'm going to play with you tonight. It's 50-50, okay? It's, it's easy. Okay. You're going to get them all. I'm going to name a movie, and all you got to do is tell me if it was based on a book or not. That's it. I name a movie, you tell me it's based on a book. Like, I say Jaws... You say, yeah, it's based on a book by Peter Benchley, right? That's it. Okay. So you can handle this, right? It, this seems simple enough, but as the listeners can attest to, <laughs> this is not going to go well for me. <laughs> no, never, never. So it's really simple. Okay, so I'm going to give you a movie. Just tell me yes or no if it's based on a book. 50-50, okay? So 1980s, The Shining. Was The Shining based on a book, yes or no? Yes. Yes, it was. It was based on Stephen King's 1977 novel. Very good. Okay, another easy one for you. One of your favorite movies of all time, 1993's Jurassic Park. Was Jurassic Park based on a book, yes or no? I just finished a Michael Crichton book, and it is definitely based on a book. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, sticking with the 90s, we'll go to 94. Pulp Fiction. Was Pulp Fiction based on a book, yes or no? Um... The title would lead me to believe that it is. However, I'm going to say that it was not. You are correct, Yancey. It was an original screenplay by Tarantino and Roger Ailey. Tarantino himself, there yeah. There you go. Okay, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from 2005. Was it based on a book? Yes or no? Definitely based on a series of books, which I have read, so yes. Yes, it was based on C.S. Lewis's 1950 book. Very good. Okay, 1996's Fargo. Was Fargo based on a book or not? Oh, <laughs> this could really go both ways. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, mm, I'm going to say no. Yeah, you are correct. It was based on original screenplay by the Coen brothers. Very good. Okay, now I'm going back to 1939. The Wizard of Oz, Yancey. Was The Wizard of Oz based on a book? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. 
Yes, it was. L. Frank Baum's 1900 book. Okay, uh, you got to stay with the same year, 1939, to make it tough on you. Gone with the Wind. Was Gone with the Wind based on a book? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, it was. Margaret Mitchell's 1936 novel. Okay, I'm going to come into the millennial generation for you. I'm going to go all the way to 2004's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Based on a book? Yes or no? I've oh man, I've even talked about this book as being like one of my favorites. Um, I'm gonna say no. You are correct. It was written for the screen by oh, Charlie Kaufman. Congratulations, The Princess Bride from 1987. We've covered that topic on the podcast before. Was The Princess Bride based on a book? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, it was based on William Goldman's 1973 novel. Congratulations, 1974. Roman Polanski film, Chinatown. Was Chinatown based on a book? Yes or no? Yes. No, it was not. It was a screenplay by Robert Town. Yes, yes, you <laughs> didn't sweep. Oh, that's so good. Okay, um, we mentioned earlier Steven Spielberg's 1975 masterpiece, Jaws, was based on the Peter Benchley novel. But what about its sequel, Yancey? Jaws 2. Was Jaws 2 based on a book or not? I'm going to say No. Yeah, you are correct. It was a screenplay by Carl Gottlieb and Howard Sackler. And finally, 1988, Die Hard. Was Die Hard based on a book? Yes or no? <laughs> uh, 1988, the year I was born, the year right. of the dragon. Um, man, I don't know, Chris. I'm going to say yes. Yes, it was based on 1979's Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Congratulations. You got them all right except one. Very good. This is like a... This is like this is like Pretty huge good. for you. This is like you never do this well on fun with the ANSI. So that one, see, it was a 50-50. I told you. Finally, after eighty episodes, I always say it's going to be easy <laughs> this week, and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then you know, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. And now this week it was. So so you got that going for you. Episode 81, Movies of the 1990s. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so guys, what we're going to do, we, we do, you know, trivia and stuff. You know, you, you know you've know, you been on the show enough, caveman, to know how this works. So yep. what I decided to do is I thought we'd have some trivia this week. And um, as you know, like I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of the, the Oscars. I like the Oscars. You know the Oscars as well. So I thought that I'd do some 90s Oscars trivia with you guys. Okay, only movies from the 90s, Oscars, and I'll just, I'll, I'll ask some questions and just throw it out there, okay? And I'll keep score, okay? And then we'll see who has the best score, and whoever has the best score uh, gets to come up here to Canada with me and play an entire game of Escape from the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> All expenses paid? All expenses paid trip to come to, to Barrie, Ontario, and to come in here in my basement, and we're going to play uh, Escape from the Death Star. So, uh, so there's a lot at stake here, Yancey. So, you know, I'll be paying for tickets for you to get up here. So, man, I got to make these really hard so Yancey doesn't get them. Um, okay, so are we ready with some 90s Oscar trivia? Here we go. Okay, so Titanic, we mentioned that on the podcast today. It won Best Picture in 1997. But what was the winner of Best Song that year? Candle in the Wind. My Heart Will Go On. Yes, it was the song from Titanic. I thought it was an easy one. My Heart Will Go On. Okay, that's one for K-Band, zero for Yancey. Uh, thank God, I don't want to pay for his flight up here okay uh <laughs> this trilogy saw all three of its films nominated for best picture including this entry in 1990 what trilogy saw all uh, three nominated for guess. best picture yes, terminator any... terminator would be incorrect yancey I'm, I'm gonna guess godfather 
It is The Godfather. Yes, The Godfather Part 3. Uh, part in 1990. Three was 1990. That, I thought it was the 80s. That's why I wasn't sure. The original the one best Godfather, picture in 72. Godfather comes up so much. God, mm-hmm. I really need to watch The Godfather movies. Oh, man. Just I'm definitely the first two, buddy. Don't waste your time with the third one. No, the third one is not worth watching. But the original, like I say, one best picture in 72. And Godfather Part 2, one best picture in 74. Okay. Uh, a nominee for best actress in 1990. This actress was the highest paid female actress of the decade. Can you name her? Sorry, of the 90s? Yep. Who was the highest paid female actress of the 90s? She was a nominee for Best Actress in 1990. Can you give us a hint? I think I know. Did she go on to win an Oscar in the early 2000s? She did. Nancy, any guesses? I mean, I'm going to say like a Julia Roberts. Oh, Yancey gets a point. Yes, it was Julia Roberts. Congratulations. Was it really? Yep. 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 Pretty woman. That's right. Okay. uh, In the 90s, this actor became only the second person ever to win consecutive Best Actor Oscars. Who was he? Tom Hanks. That's correct. Came in. Uh, I'll tell you what. I wasn't giving it up. I was taking it. (laughs) Go for it. Because he he, he won Best Actor for Philadelphia 93 and Forrest Gump in 94. So, uh... As I just mentioned, Hanks, he became the second person ever to win consecutive Best Actor Oscars for a two-point bonus. Can you name the first actor to win consecutive Best uh, Best Actor Oscars? Did not take place in the 90s. I, I've heard this question before, and for the life of me, I want to say Spencer Tracy, but I don't think that's correct. Spencer Tracy is correct. Captain Courageous oh, in 37 and Boys Town in 38. All right. Oh, this is good. This is going to this is going to save me some money paying for his flight up here to play Escape from the Death Stars. This is great. Uh, okay, so, so throughout the whole decade of the 90s, Martin Scorsese, one of our greatest directors of all time, he was only nominated for Best Director once in the 1990s. Name the movie that he was nominated for. I'm going to disagree with the premise of the question because I don't think that's right. It is. <laughs> the narrator says it is. <laughs> it's correct. <laughs> I disagree heartily. Okay. Yancy, you got any guesses before I, I try to correct Chris? Um, Not a guess, just like a comment that, I mean, I hope you did your stretching because you're carrying me the entire segment. So, <laughs> um, well, See, I know if it's only one, it's either Goodfellas in 1990 or Casino in 1995. And I was fairly certain Casino got nominated. But now that you're saying it's only one, I've got to think it was Goodfellas. So I'm going to go with Goodfellas. It was Goodfellas in 1990. In Casino, he got nominated for, I believe it was for the screenplay, but not for Best Director. Oh, okay. That's why. Miramax, we mentioned them earlier. Okay, so they obviously had a really dominant run in the 90s and basically took over Hollywood, right? Um, But when it came to winning Best Picture Oscars, they only took home two statues in the 1990s. Can you name either one of Miramax's two Best Picture winners from the decade of the 90s? Gentlemen. Mm. Um, No, I don't think I can. <laughs> Yancey? I can think of lots of movies that they were nominated uh, for other awards for, but. Yancey, oh. any Miramax pictures to win Best Picture in the 90s? Two of them won. Can you name one? I'm I'm going to go with Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you. I'm going to take a guess. If, if, uh, take a guess. I assume take that a guess. Miramax, Miramax, Miramax. Okay, so I know they did Goodwill Hunting, but Goodwill Hunting didn't win Best Picture. Um,. And I, 
I'm sorry, time's up. Yeah. It was The English Patient in 96 and Shakespeare oh, in Love in 98. What was the one in 98? Shakespeare in Love. That's right. They totally okay. did Shakespeare in Love. All right. So final question. What actor received the most Oscar nomination or most Oscar nominations in the decade of the 1990s? Good question. When you say actor, does that mean that it is a male or are you grouping actors and actresses? It is a male, a male actor. So what male actor received the most Oscar nominations in the decade of the 90s? Tom Hanks feels like it would be too chalky and that was already a trivia answer. So it has to be. I think that might be the answer. Is Uh, is that your answer, Caveman? Speaking of the 90s, is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going to let Yancey decide if he wants that pick or not. Um, I feel like it's too chalky and I stand to lose nothing here because everybody already knows that I'm a moron. So I'm going to go off the board and I'm going to say, and I can't even name another actor. <laughs> Do you want yeah, to I'm going to say Tom Hanks because I can't think of anybody. Else. In that no. case, if, uh, since we don't want to have the same answer, I'm going to say Jack Nicholson. Okay, you'd both be incorrect. It was Anthony Hopkins got four nominations. Really? Yes. He got a uh, nomination for Best Actor for Silence of the Lambs in 91. Best Actor Remains, Remains of the Day in 93. Nixon in 95. And Best Supporting Actor for Amistad in 97. Oh, so yeah. Amistad. Yeah, I totally Anthony forgot that. Hopkins. That's the Trotten Spielberg movie that nobody's ever seen except me. Okay, so Caveman takes over the prize with six. And Yancey, you had one. Caveman, you and I will be getting together shortly. We will talk about this off the air about when we can get together and play Escape from the Death Star. And uh, that'll be just wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. Um, in the meantime... Whoa, Caveman won trivia. What an upset. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're telling me the guy you brought on to talk about a specific topic got all the trivia questions for that topic? That's crazy. It's called you, It's called fun with Yancey for a reason. We messed with mean, him. You mean to tell me the guy that wasn't too during these trivia questions got more questions correct whoa (laughs) oh brother thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World you can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show 